a lot of us entrepreneurs are in service to our customers, servant leaders, you know, and to have someone in service of us where we can sit back and let somebody massage our feet and legs and everything and just turn off. It just, <laughs> it's needed. <laughs> Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe to the channel. Um, we are actually celebrating 200 subscribers. So um, we appreciate everybody for supporting the platform. We appreciate um, all the comments, the likes, the shares. It's all appreciated. Um, just keep doing what you're doing, and I'll keep providing you with quality content. Today, we have none other than the owner and CEO of TGE Living. Jamie Drew, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Yeah, we actually, this has been in works for a while. Um, I reached out to you when we first launched the platform. Um, still dealing with COVID and, and the questions around that. So, you know, at that time, obviously, people just weren't all the way comfortable with being around folks again. Yeah. Um, so, we finally got through that, and here we are. You definitely were high on my list of people that I wanted to get on the show. Um, it was a no-brainer for me, and I'm just glad that um, you agreed to come on the platform. Thank you. So um, let's get into it. Um, where are you from? Oh my goodness, that's always like a loaded question. Yeah. <laughs> I always like the response. Yes, because I don't really have like traditionally a home, like where I'm from, because my parents were in the military. Well, my dad was in the military. My mom worked for the federal government. So it was like, I'm from where I'm at right. at the moment, right. you know? <laughs> so the place that I lived the longest was Baltimore, because that's where I ended up going to college because I had some family in Maryland. So if I have to choose a place, it's there. I didn't know that. I didn't know you had DMV in you. Yeah. I'm from the DMV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. Yeah, family in DC wow. and all of that. So that little hub, that that's home where I connect the most. Okay. So yeah. what was it like being, quote unquote, a military kid? How, how was that growing up? Mm. Fun, I'll say. One of the best things I liked about it was that I felt like I got to start all over again. Some people may not like that, but I liked being able to start all over. I guess it's maybe like the actress in me or something. <laughs> like, I get to pick up, start all over, take what I like best, and leave what I don't like and become like a new version of myself in this place, you know, because you're brand new to these people. They don't know you at all. So you get to be really whoever you want to be. So that, and of course I like people, I like meeting new people. So it really shaped my personality because you can't be shy being the new girl all the time. I was getting ready to say that, that had to be um, instrumental in your personality today. Yeah. And I would assume that that would allow you to, you know a lot of people. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of people or a lot of people know me. Right. You know how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so tell me about your first introduction into entrepreneurship. What was that first, that first? Oh my gosh. I'm trying to think back. And I really think that my first introduction was this company called Passion Parties. <laughs> so this is an adult toy company, right? And I just thought that was so fun. And, you know, it works like any other party plan model, like a Mary Kay, like an Avon. You get groups of people together, show them a good time, and sell them the product. So it was like going to a party and everybody wanted the products anyway. So that was that was my toe in the water. And I've just been kind of doing some form of it, entrepreneurship, 
since then. Okay. So you actually were a part of you, you hosted those parties? Yeah, I hosted the party. Like somebody would contact me and say, you know, I wanna I wanna host a party, or they would hear about me word of mouth or something like that. They wanna host a party. And then I would just meet them at their house or wherever the place was. And then we would have the toys on display and, you know, just have a good time and, and play little games, almost like the same way you would think of like drinking games right. or, you know, fun, um, have you ever or never have I ever type of games where you get to know each other and you throw in little fun jokes and a little bit of sexuality and sensuality and boom, you have a party. see how that would work. Yeah. With a certain crowd. That's mm -hmm. cool. Um, so the TGE Living Co., what does that mean to you? Oh, my gosh. It's, it's a way of life. It's the way I live my life. So everything that I've put into that, I've put into myself. So my ultimate goal was always I wanted to be me for a living. That's really what I want to do is just pull my insides out and have that accepted and loved and be a help to anybody who isn't where I am the way I live my life. So it's just an expression of me and an open call to anybody who wants to live a wellness way of life. Okay. We definitely do. The world needs more of that. Um, what made you want to start your own brand? I don't like being told what to do by other people. And I don't like, even if I have to be told what to do by other people, I like for things to be a certain way. I have certain standards, a certain level of integrity, and I want things to be a certain way, my way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, okay, this is my way to really escape. Right. I just want to be free. This is my way to show how I want to do things and really not feel like work. I don't want to feel like I'm working. I want to live in a state of retirement and just work on fun projects, you know, maybe how it was when you were in high school and you get to pick your electives. Mm -hmm. I want a life of electives. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. I that I get paid for. Right. <laughs> right. Don't forget that. Do not That's forget to the get money. paid. <laughs> <laughs> so in your experience, how does one become an entrepreneur? Is it just... Is it just a mindset or, or how, how, how does that work? Well, a lot of people want it, but they don't understand what it comes with. So over the years of me trying this and trying that, I mean, when I first started working with passion parties, I probably was 23, 24, and I'm 40 now. So this has been a lifelong journey for me of growing and understanding entrepreneurship because you are everything. A business is not a one-man show, or it shouldn't be. Or <laughs> if it is, you're, 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 you're playing multiple roles. Every role that you see in the business, like if you're not an entrepreneur and you're at a job and you see different level, different supervisory levels, or maybe somebody has a board of directors, or maybe somebody has a marketing team. Maybe somebody has hired lawyers on the outside to make sure that their language is correct and won't get them in lawsuits. You know, the building that you have, keeping the lights on in that building, the water on in that building, like every single thing, almost like running a household. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so that's kind of a training ground for being an entrepreneur is being a mother or running a household, similar to that. But, um, you know, to be an entrepreneur, you have to be ready to, I like to say, make short-term sacrifice for long-term gain. 
So you have to know that it's going to hurt a bit. But if you keep going, you will get to the point where there's a flow and where you can open up for others to help you or decide that you want to shift or pivot your business based off of your likes or dislikes. Because that's another thing I learned in entrepreneurship is that there's different types of entrepreneurship. The one I like the most is autopilot. Right. <laughs> so, you know, you have something going on in the background and, you know, the sales keep flowing. But if I were to own a restaurant, I would have to be there to open, especially let's say it serves breakfast. OK, I need to be there at four o'clock in the morning, maybe baking bread or getting pastries ready or something for that 6 a.m., 7 a.m. crowd that wants coffee and pastries. I don't want to do that. I don't want to open a store every day. So you have to know your personality and, and what suits you. And what suits you won't suit everyone else. Everybody has their, their passions. What, in your opinion, is uh, your favorite part of owning your own business? Hmm. The creative aspect, just being able to decide how it's going to be on any given day, how it's going to feel, and whether you're going to expand it or not, and the ability to say no, that something is not in your lane, or yes, something is, and the ability to change your mind and have your business grow as you grow as a person. I like a lot of times I like to say that the good news is it's all up to you. Mm -hmm. But the bad news is it's all, it's all up, up to you. you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I definitely understand that. Yes. Um, so do you have any tips or tricks for anybody who's looking to maybe dip a toe into entrepreneurship? Anything that I they would... need to know right out the gate? They need to find their interest or their passion because you want to still want to do it on those difficult days. So, but one thing, th this, is, this is a really kind of deeper tidbit that people don't really think about. You have to also think, is that the particular passion like people have multiple passions, right? And they have levels of how much they like to do it and how often and what has to inspire them to do it. So is that particular passion or that particular thing that you're good at, is that something that you're going to want to do continuously? So for instance, I'm an artist. I like to paint. But I don't like to do commissions. I don't like for somebody to hire me before the work is done. And then we have to paint it because then I feel the pressure and my creativity turns off. So I could not have a business where people come to me and then I create the artwork from their desire. I need to create it from my desire and then put it out. And if you like it, you like it. Great. And if you don't move on and somebody else will buy it. So you have to think. Is this something you can do day in, day out? And if it's not, what other avenues can you touch on to make it something you want to do day in, day out? So maybe if I don't like to paint every day, but maybe I like to talk a lot, okay, then maybe I'd rather teach somebody about art or maybe write a book about it if I like it. So then that book is on autopilot. So you really have to, it's complicated. So you have to discover yourself and be honest with yourself about what it is that you like to do and how you see your every day. And that's the biggest thing for me. Just to kind of expand upon that question, um, a lot of people still work now um, what would you say, in your opinion, are some things to consider running a business and still, you know, on that daily grind? Is there any, any tips from that regard on how to navigate both? Yes. Well, 
one thing is how much energy are you going to have to be able to do that business on the exterior while you still have the nine to five. So you may have to consider maybe not doing your full on business, but doing a part of it that you can maintain while you're doing the nine to five or switching up your nine to five. That's something in alignment with what you want to do for your business and having that that open time. Um, the other thing that you want to consider when you have a nine to five is that your nine to five money is going to fuel, is going to be the financial backer for your business. So it's really smart to take inventory of everything that you're spending your money on. And that's one thing that I had to do because, you know, you spend in the blind a lot of times. But if you take your bank statements, right? Like I tell people, let me see your bank statements from three months consecutively. And you can sit there and highlight fast food, fast food, fast food, fast food. And you might end up with $1,000 over three months. And you can start to see a roadmap of what finances are accessible to you to be able to shift over to your business. You can afford more than you think you can afford, but you're just spending it in the wrong way. So that's one thing I've had to do as a mother, as a business owner, as a homeowner, is shift my finances depending on my focus. So... You know, I have certain categories that are luxury, right. nails or massages, things like that, or organic meal delivery service. <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm in a position where I need extra money for something that's important to me, guess what? Those things are getting cut out. And now I have this chunk of money that I was spending anyway to use towards my business. So you have to be strategic with your finances. Definitely agree, and, and like you said, that that is what fuels or, or that's the main source of income with your nine to five. So, an audit is not a bad thing to do, not only in finances but in multiple places in your life. Mm-hmm. Make, some people need to do a spiritual audit. Oh my goodness! <laughs> self assessment. Yes, yeah, self assessment. Yeah. That that is key. You know, I, I find it as far as like when it comes to your job and your passion. Obviously, there are some weeks that are just longer than others. Some weeks that feel like they could be a month long. And those are the times that it's easiest to work on your passion. But what about what about when you have those good weeks at work? You still need to find mm. that time to work on the goal. Because the main goal, you know, is to eventually leave that right. 9 to 5. Right. So, it, it, it's important not to get too comfortable. Right. You know, some 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 positions are a hundred percent stress, but it's something that you like about the job. Mm-hmm. Just don't let that don't let that uh be the reason you lose sight of the main goal. Yeah. 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 That's why it's important to surround yourself with other people that are business owners and that are striving to do more or that are where you wanna be or way beyond where you wanna be. So you can keep that focus. Yeah, yeah, 100%. All right. So at this point, we're, we're going to uh, have a word from our sponsors. Real Dope Photography is more than just dope photos. It's a celebration of your brand, beauty, and confidence at any stage of your life. Our goal is to capture the greatest moments in your life and the world around you. Visit our website at realdopephotography.com. That's realdopephotography.com. And the real is spelled R-E-E-L. You know, like a real film. Make sure you set up your free consult today. Mention the Too Stubborn to Fail podcast on your booking form in the How Did You Hear About Us section, and you can receive a 20% discount. All right, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to the Two Step in the Fail podcast, where we tell stories about overcoming adversity. Um, we have none other than Jamie Drew in the building today. Um, just to continue the conversation, um, I know this is a topic that is very near and dear to your heart. Um, let's talk about self-care. Okay. How, how important is self-care to you? It's life. It's 
the difference between health and disease and really life and death, you know? If you don't care for yourself, you will suffer the consequences, whether it be your mental health, your physical health, the health of your environment, your surroundings, your home. It's, um, it's a number one priority in my life. And I know it's something, <clears throat> you know, that's kind of marketed in the media as bubble baths and indulgence. And it is that, but there's so much more to it that people, I believe people need to invest more into it and take much more time for self-care. Yeah. I know I caught um, the tail end of one of your recent lives where you kind of had to assess that in your life. Um, a day of doing nothing but what we would necessarily associated with we're still doing laundry we're still yes. we're still washing the car whatever it is instead yes. of actually doing nothing yes because we are culturalized to have a weekday of working and have a weekend of filling in the gaps that we couldn't get done right. during the work week and that you know is continuously something that i'm working through is reprogramming myself into my own schedule. I even noticed myself for a long time eating really quickly and I'm still working on that. And it's because I was in a work industry where we only had a 30 minute lunch break. So it's like, if you go somewhere, hurry up and get there, hurry up and get back, scarf down your food because you've only got 10 minutes left, you know, on the weekends. Yeah. You're tired, recover, but you got to do laundry. You got to make sure your house is clean. You got to do all the things that you were too tired to do during the week. So that's something that I'm constantly working on reversing and not feeling guilty because I felt guilty for not tasking, you know, for laying around and being lazy and not doing anything at all. But I'm reframing that in my mind to know to listen to my body cues to know that i just need to lay around sometimes and do absolutely nothing there's nothing wrong with that yeah. and i think <laughs> a lot of times um it could also be associated with just um women taking self-care days it's important mm -hmm. for men to do the same um what i've discovered over the past couple of years is i really like uh Pedicures. Yeah. That, that's my thing. More I, men are getting <laughs> into that. Yes. I love it. I love pedicures. There's nothing like having some well manicured feet. I didn't know those joys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not only that, it's just the, you know, just taking a day where maybe maybe I get a pedicure. Maybe I go to the barbershop. Maybe I even get a facial. You know, just take care of me um, outside of working out every day which um, has become a way of life but actually taking time out to care for myself mm -hmm. you know instead of just saying that I yeah because a lot of times it gets tossed to me and not only to care for yourself but to have someone else care for you right. you know to have someone in service to you because we're so focused on service to others right through our family, our work life, our spiritual practices. You know, a lot of us entrepreneurs are in service to our customers, servant leaders, you know, and to have someone in service of us where we can sit back and let somebody massage our feet and legs and everything and just turn off. It just, mm, <laughs> it's needed. <laughs> So many people that neglect themselves in that way, and I don't think that it's necessarily intentional. I just think a lot of times we get caught in in that monotony of everyday life. Like you said, we we work five days a week. We have children that need to be taken care of. We have the house that needs to be um, taken care of. It's so many things that take priority over us. 
and it, and it's easy for us to um, get lost in that. Mm -hmm. um, so it is very important for you to, and and when we say self care, it it comes in many forms. It doesn't have to be a day. It could be fifteen minutes. I but, think that's the better way yeah, to do it. Yeah, because you can just fifteen minutes of just purely you time, mm -hmm. and you can do that multiple times in a day. Right. You know, and at the end of the week, that still may add up to you know you being happy or being healthy. Yeah, even more mm -hmm. because you're not waiting until the meter is right. all the way full. Right. Like if you think about, I don't know, washing your car, and let's say instead of washing your car once a once a week. Mm -hmm. You wash your car once a year. Imagine all that dirt that's built up. Like it's even harder and harder and harder and harder to wash. And then when you wash it off, you may find rust spots underneath, like things that that dirt created damage. So if you think of yourself in that way, doing incremental self-care is more important because you don't want to create property damage because you didn't keep up with the regular maintenance, right. with the incremental, you know, you find stuff that's maybe irreversible now. You know, if you are at work and you're being a workaholic and then you wait till you have a stroke and then you have to, okay, now you're caring for yourself, but maybe one side of your body is limp. So where maybe if you would have turned off once a week or you're building up all these hundreds of hours of sick time, if you would have called in sick when you weren't feeling well or you needed a mental health day, you could have sustained a lot longer. You definitely don't want whatever damage that occurred to be irreversible. Right, right. So I definitely agree with that. Um, but to just um, keep it going about self-care, you are, you made the decision to uh, be vegan. How, how long has this been? Um, your lifestyle and then what, what prompted that? I've been vegan for seven years and just for your full audience, right? I want to call this a plant-based lifestyle, right? Because, <clears throat> you know, terms, they change, marketing changes, different things like that. So nowadays people want to put veganism in a category where it en it encompasses your whole entire life, meaning right. the clothes that you wear, yeah. the businesses <laughs> that you support, right. the lotion that you put on your face, your chapstick, just everything right. for the animals, for the environment, everything. And a plant-based, eating plant-based is eating vegan, right. eating only plants and no animal That's products. True. So. That, that is a Yes, yes. <laughs> For me, it's all the same. But I do understand, you know, different levels and different categories for other people. I understand what their intentions are, what, you know, what their concerns are with consuming animals. So I've been doing that for, I want to say seven years I've been vegan. And then prior to that, two years, I was pescatarian. So, you know, because you're pescatarian. For those that don't know, it's vegetarian plus seafood. <laughs> but yeah, I um, the whole natural health lifestyle for me started almost 10 years ago with my decision to cut all my hair off and become natural. You know, like those things kind of went hand in hand for me as a whole way of life. I take on big projects. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I see. <Yeah. laughs> Lifestyle yeah. changes. Yeah, I reinvent myself. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> I just made a discovery, just like the whole military kid thing. I reinvented myself. Okay, so um, I know, like you say, there are just vast connotations out there about what vegan is and what you can and can't do, or what you should or shouldn't do. The seven-year process that you are in, how has that been going for you? Well, it's been a journey because, you know, in the beginning, it can be difficult or tempting 
or you really just don't know like what's vegan and what's not. Right. So you have to adjust your entire lifestyle. The restaurants you're used to going to, you know, different desserts you maybe used to be eating. It's a full life adjustment and a commitment. It's not a diet. It is. And so you have to know that you're in there for the long haul. The two things I struggled with most giving up was crab legs and cheese. Okay. Like those are my favorite oh, legs. I, I mean, you know, DMV, yeah. big on seafood, yeah. you know. So I just love my crabs. And, you know, it was like a part of my culture, you know, just plucking, picking those crabs. <laughs> so I, I lost a bit of that. But I discovered something to replace it. You know, you have to kind of work on your mindset. So I'm like, okay, what do I like about crabs? The taste, you know, the saltiness, to be honest, cracking it, eating it, the camaraderie around friends. So now I eat boiled peanuts. While I'm at the table with my mom or my grandmother, they're cracking crabs and I'm cracking peanuts. (laughs) So I just try to find ways to like still make myself happy and still be a part of, you know, the conversation, the culture, if I'm around my family, you know, just eating something different. So it's been, it's been a journey, but it's been interesting to even try new foods, though, because I've eaten things that I never would have combined together. What Did you have any maybe tips for anyone who is looking to at least try it maybe for a week? Okay, I have lots of tips, but (laughs) okay. Give yourself grace is one of my biggest tips. Okay, it's it's gonna take time. Taste buds change over time. Also, you have to think of it as anything else. You may not like this particular thing because you don't like the way it's made, not because it's vegan or plant based. So if you don't like this vegan mayonnaise try another brand. If you don't like this vegan burger, try another brand. If you don't like mock meats at all, then start cooking your vegetables. You know, what is it that you liked about the meat? The flavor? Put those same flavors into your vegetables. So I still have in my cabinets Montreal steak seasoning or something like that, you know, because that's the seasoning that I like. You look at the ingredients, it doesn't have steak in the ingredients. So you really like the seasoning, you really like the way it's prepared, and you really like the texture. So find something with the same texture. You want something chewy, make sure it's chewy. Use that same seasoning that you would have and experiment. Like that. Um, How is the transition been or is there has there been a transition with your son yes yes and he's still in transition yes so when i first started doing this i used to cook meat for him i used to still cook him chicken or you know whatever he was used to eating but then i started feeling bad about cooking the meat for him because i said i determined that this food is not good enough for me, but I'm still feeding it to my child. So because I had started him, you know, eating meat, I wanted him to see why. I didn't want to rip it from him and say, no, not anymore, and him not understand it. So I made him watch this documentary. (laughs) I had to work on his brain, you know, I had to get him from the inside. I had to show him what's up. So I made him watch this documentary that I had watched called What the Health. Have you seen that? So, you know, it's traumatic. It's traumatic watching that. And you can't unknow. So he watched it and saw all the things that go on behind the scenes in the food industry. And he said, okay, I'm not eating meat anymore. After he watched that documentary. And he already knew that the food I make can taste good because I was making him both, you know, like, so he knows mommy can cook. 
So he wasn't afraid to dive in and think, oh, this is going to take na- taste nasty. Oh, I'm only going to be able to eat salads right. from now on. That's what people think. Oh, we got a salad yeah. for you. Like, yeah. okay. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, he struggled a little bit, too. I know he confessed to me after a few years, like, Mom, I ate chicken nuggets at school a few times. <laughs> it's the hardest at yeah. school, you yeah. know, because they don't have variety. So he, you know, over time, he just got more and more into it as it was in our house because I just stopped even bringing that stuff in the house. I just wanted to reinforce those good ideas. Then his taste buds changed as well. And smell buds, whatever you call those, (laughs) smell receptors, they change. So the way you perceive something that smells good or something that stinks, something that tastes good or something that doesn't, really changes over time. So now he was a pescatarian also, but he's allergic to fish. (laughs) I know you're like, wait, how can you be a pescatarian (laughs) allergic to fish? But he ate, you know, crab legs, shrimp, all that kind of stuff he could eat. So he eats that on occasion, maybe if we go to a restaurant or somebody's birthday dinner or something like that. But he's mostly vegan at home. I mean, that's that's the only options that I mean, are at home. Because mm-hmm. I mean, we we offered <laughs> we offered Jordan uh, the option. Um, he said, "No, I still want to eat puppy." So, mm-hmm. and, but we also didn't show that documentary. So. Yes, you have to give. I'm telling you that when you give people that information, they're like, yeah. "Whoa!" You know, when you tell somebody yourself, they right. feel like, "Oh, it's your opinion, right. your lifestyle." But when you show them what's really happening, mm, it's, it's yes, it's yes. Um, so, for those who don't know, um, we just wrapped up uh, a surprise birthday party for you. Yeah. We're celebrating a monumental age of uh, 40. Um, but I got a chance to see you um, see you interact with your family and see meet your family for the first time and see how close you guys are. Mm-hmm. Um, what, is, what does family mean to you? Oh, my gosh. See, because I grew up in a military household, mm-hmm. We were moving around the country every three to five years. Five years was a long time for us. So three years here, three years there. And all we had was each other. We didn't have our extended family. We didn't have friends. We didn't know anybody. It was just us. So that's how we became friends. (laughs) My family, we're, we're friends with each other. We're constantly talking to each other, bouncing advice off of each other. And I think it's because of the military, because we, you know, we're in a circle moving around and, and relying on each other when we had no one else. That was the one constant, basically. Yep, that so was that. the one constant. So, I mean, that's even how I ended up living here in Columbia, because this is where my family is, my my circle, my bubble that traveled around the country with me. So, you know... Really, my home is where my family is. That's why I said, you know, in the beginning that I don't really have a place to call home. So I have my family to call call home. And that's why we're so close. That's dope. Yeah. That's real dope. Um, Jamie, what drives you? <sighs> I'm just creative. I'm just a creative soul. And... I always want to express, freely express. So whatever environment gives me the opportunity to freely express, that's where I'm going to gravitate. So I move towards the art. I move towards excitement. Everything is an experience for me because I grew up traveling around the country. So it's like, ooh, what's new? You know, oh, this is different. The McDonald's over here isn't like the McDonald's in that state. The same thing, but different. So that curiosity, that learning, a new project, a new something to embark on, it just excites me to just start a new project, I guess. I don't, I'm getting excited now. (laughs) I'm like, ooh, something new, ooh, you know, just... 
I love something new. Yes. And of course, I can't go without saying being a mother because I'm responsible for the life of someone else in the formative years, the beginning of the journey for someone else. And I'm guiding him and shaping the way his life will go. So making the right decisions for us is super motivating. You know, I, I might be a little lazier if I didn't if right. I didn't have to take care of him. <laughs> it's like you, um, I, I talked about it in a previous episode, is you, we want to raise good people at the end mm -hmm. of the day. Um, and, and, you know, what that looks like can come in many different forms. Um, portraying, putting your best self out um, to your kids and, you know, being somebody that they aspire to be is the goal mm -hmm. at the end of the day. So yes. that's definitely um, should be what drives most people. Yeah. You know, it's those people who see you when nobody else sees you. Right. Because they yes. see a lot. Yes, they do. Yes. <laughs> they see it all. If you, so um, just to uh, piggyback off of, uh, you know, reaching this monumental age, if you could go back to 20-year-old Jamie, what would be one piece of information that you would want to tell her? You know, people always do this kind of thing, right? And I probably wouldn't want to tell her anything because all the experiences that I had are needed to be who I am now. If I had the cheat code, if I had all the answers then, yeah. what would I be doing now? I might be bored out of my mind. Like, <laughs> hey, I figured it all out at right. 20. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What's the use to keep going? I'm done. Yeah, exactly. You know, and a, and a lot of people, actually my mom taught me that. She's like, you don't want to grow up too fast because you'll have nothing to look forward to. I'm like... You know, when she's telling me that as a kid, I'm relating it to not being able to go to the party. You know? I'm like, oh, mom, I don't want to hear that. Right. You know, but as you get a little older, get a little wiser, you're like, okay, yeah, I want something to strive for. Because what are we without the next project? Right. So I wouldn't tell her anything. I would let her go and just let her learn. I like that. She's mean now. I like that because in another light, I do um, I do like to use a term, well, I just started using a term where you got to sit in it. Mm -hmm. You have to sit in it. Sometimes we can um, put a Band-Aid on something or, or pacify something that needs our immediate attention. And um, we don't want it to dull our senses to the point where it gets so what I like to do is when I am going through a trial or tribulation, I like to feel it. I don't want to, I don't want the pain to be dull because out of that will come a solution. Mm -hmm. I like that. Allow yourself right. to feel it and to work through it. Mm -hmm. instead, of, mm -hmm. instead of having a band day, because that can be dangerous. That can right. be very dangerous. Exactly. Or make, just making it work. Exactly. Um, I like that. Just being comfortable with being uncomfortable in a sense right. yeah because the only way the only way up is through you yeah. know this you gotta go you gotta experience you gotta go through the path i um i do card readings right so i pull cards i may pull tarot cards i may pull oracle cards and yesterday i got this card that had these thorns on it so like the way that oracle cards work doesn't necessarily tell you it's to spark something within you for you to think, okay, what does this mean to me? So I was thinking about those thorns and what's at the other end of the thorns. It's this beautiful, deeply colored rose, right? But it just reminded me of like the path to life. Like, okay, you asked for that beauty. You wanted that deeply colored rose. Well, 
there's only one path to get there. And I'm sorry, it's thorns. So how bad do you want it? Do you want it? All right, get up on these thorns. <laughs> so you get sometimes you gotta embrace the thorns and like, what can I learn from this? How is it helping me get to the road? I like that. Um, we'll be right back after. We'll be right back after these uh, endorsements. We we have the too stubborn to fail moment coming up. Just a second. Built on a passion and love for art. All Things Design is here to create spaces you will love and custom designs and memories that will last a lifetime. All Things Design specializes in event design, interior design, corporate design, custom design projects, and home closet organization. And that's just to name a few. Communication is key. We're here for whatever you need. We'll help you solidify your vision and keep in constant contact until your dream is realized. All Things Design, a step above the rest. Be sure to book at allthingsdesign.org. All right, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to the Too Stubborn to Fail podcast where we tell stories about overcoming adversity. Today, we are having an amazing conversation with Jamie. Um, Jamie, how I like to wrap up our interviews is with a Too Stubborn to Fail moment. Basically, a moment that you had to overcome adversity that sticks out the most to you. And I know that there are a few because we all do mm-hmm. lots of things. But what's that one moment that sticks out a lot for you? Gosh, you're right. There are <laughs> there are so many. There's been a lot of thorns on my roads. <laughs> um. One of the biggest, most impactful things for me has becoming has been becoming a successful single parent. That is my greatest project, raising my son. And now that he's 16 and just a couple of years from being on his own in college, I'm seeing what all the work that I've done that I've put into it. But that didn't come without the scars of, you know, not being with, you know, my ex-husband, his father anymore, having to rebuild myself financially, credit-wise, and my confidence yeah. took was really rocked by being a single mother. So just being able to wrap that all into one big ball that I'm actually proud of now, proud of what I've done, proud of of that adversity that I, I call it a hole that I had to climb out of, right? Because there's so many things being a parent, you know, having to deal with daycare and everything until they can't even go to school until they're five. So you're like, what am I going to do? And, you know, before and after school care and and then even when they get older and they can kind of fend for themselves, they probably still need stimulation and still going to these extracurricular activities and other enrichment programs. So just being able to come from, in my mind, when I separated with my ex-husband and became a single mother, a failure. I really felt like that. Like, oh man, now I'm part of the story. Now I'm I'm a statistic. I dang it, I thought I was doing something. I went to college, I had a scholarship, but this just done sullied my name, you know? But overcoming the you know, the shame that I felt from that and the lack of confidence that I felt from that and coming into my own power and being strong has been the biggest and longest hurdle that I've had to overcome because it's been incremental over time to the point where I am now, where I can see why everything happened exactly the way it did and was meant to. And just maintaining the confidence and the love of myself and my son to keep going every day, even when it hurt, has been my biggest hill to climb. It's tall. 
big old hill. A 16 year hill, you know. And the hill had like some ups and downs in it, right? It wasn't just one straight up where I was constantly progressing. Oh, things are better. I'm constantly going up a hill. No, had some valleys. Like, dang, I climbed this far and then I fell all the way down there. And then having to climb and reach a higher height. So that, that, it's made me who I am and it's, it's shown me my own strength. That's a dope moment. I appreciate you for sharing that. That was nice. Thank you for allowing me to share that, to be so open. What I find um, a lot of the time with the podcast is it's therapeutic. Mm -hmm. People end up sharing things that maybe they've never shared before or in a way that they've never shared right. before. And um, I like to pride myself on making or providing a comfortable environment for people to do so. So I thank you for sharing that. Um, but before we get out of here, how can the people find you? Websites, um, social medias, go ahead and break it down. The floor is yours. Well, my website is tgeliving.com. They can find me there. They can also find me on Facebook under my name, Jamie Drew, or just searching for TGE Living Co. And on YouTube at TGE Living Co. as well. Good. So, TGE Living. <laughs> Google it and you can find it. <laughs> this has been an amazing episode. Are there any um, last minute remarks, uh, words of wisdom you'd like to leave us with? I wish that, that everyone could see themselves as too stubborn to fail. I really like this platform that you and Tanisha are standing on because it threads itself through every facet of life. And if everyone considers themselves too stubborn to fail, think about their personality traits. And whatever it is, just keep going. There's no such thing as failure. So I love that. And it's it's inspiring. That that has really touched me today. Too stubborn to fail. I really appreciate that. And you know, like I said, you are amazing. Um I look forward to seeing your growth not only as a person but as an entrepreneur. Um, and just growing with you, you know. Um, I feel like you fam. Yeah, you know? yeah, so yeah. It, it, it'll be interesting to see our trajectory over the coming years. Um, and it's only up from here. Only up. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> this has been another amazing episode of the Two Stubborn to Fail podcast. Today, we had Jamie Drew in the building. Um, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. And we appreciate everyone. My name is Darren Perkins, and we are too stubborn to fail. <laughs>